Hello, and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. Hi, and welcome to the uh, Wild Blue Podcast. I'm Chris Kirk, Wild Blue Aircraft Sales, and uh, as usual, joined here by uh, Todd Mitten, and we're always blessed uh, to have Todd in our presence. Welcome, Todd. Well, good morning, Chris. I'm always happy to make time to uh, visit with you. Yes, and, and I know, because you're, you're a very interesting man, so... Uh, and so we have uh, Erica Kirk, who is my wife with Wild Blue Properties. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And Will Mace with Aviation Property Net Network. Good morning, guys. Thank you. So we have, a, we have an opportunity. Will is in town. We have an opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, what Will's business is, and not only just with the Aviation Property Network, but how uh, he has been uh, integrally, integrally, how do you say that word, Todd? Integrally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. I'll, I won't George Bush it anymore. Uh, <laughs> involved with uh, uh, aviation uh, properties and, and development therein. So, uh, Will, welcome. It's good to have you. And let me just give a thank quick you. shout out real quick before I forget of uh, thanking uh, Atlantic Aviation here at uh, the downtown airport in Kansas City. Um, and specifically Ben Moore, the, uh, the facility manager for graciously allowing us to use this as our uh, our podcast studio of sorts so but again uh, will thanks for joining us and if you would just maybe give us a little bit of a background on who you are and what you do oh boy okay <clears throat> so uh, I'm with aviation property network as you mentioned uh, our headquarters are Denver Colorado we uh, we've got several uh, as, as we like to say uh, legs to the stool uh, we are all things uh, aviation real estate across the country um, we uh, we uh, offer services on development, feasibility studies, um, lease analysis, uh, sales, um, everything that relates to a facility at an airfield. Uh, generally on the business and, and uh, general aviation side, uh, but our, our expertise is facilitating a client's or operator's or flight, flight department's needs with uh, a location. Um, and uh, that's that's where Erica Kirk comes in as a, as a broker. She handles our Kansas and Missouri uh, transactions, and uh, happy to have her on our team. But uh, we uh, we we focus everything real estate at an airfield. So who are your you say the business end of things? Who are your primary customers? Uh, they you know it's it's a it's a broad stroke. Um, we have MROs. Um, uh, FBOs, the, the the top five, six uh, FBOs we, we deal with at one level or capacity uh, uh, from helping them into a new location, uh, understanding what the lease rates, whether it's transient, long-term, mm-hmm. um, uh, design, facility design, entitlements, um, uh, placing tenants, uh, so we put it out across our national network. We, one of the things that we're very proud of, or that I am proud of, is is our network that we've established. Um, our our leadership uh, has over 120 years of collective uh, experience in business and general aviation. That's substantial, and so with that comes these relationships uh, that we we can tie into. And as I was mentioning before we started, it's all about filling the needs of the client, listening to what their needs are, understanding you know, whether, whether we can help them meet that objective, but it's, it's our role to facilitate that and, and, and bridge that gap um, and understanding 
what what their objective is. Uh, and I think we do a very good job of that. And it's all relationships. That's that's exactly what it is. Can you give us a little history of how Aviation Property Network came into being? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So it started back in 2012. Um, <clears throat> actually, it was through Ivor Retrum, one of the partners. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it it was a uh, it was created out of pain. Um, he was he worked for a master developer uh, in in Colorado. Uh, uh, took over a ground lease of a substantial area of land at an airfield. Uh, needed to develop. The goal was to develop it, and in order to develop it, you've got to have tenants that are willing to pay. Um, you've got to bring in bring in tenants. You've got to let them know it, no no different than any other development. Mm -hmm. um, and there, but there was no platform to market this uh, these properties on or this development on across the nation. So he created what was called Hangar Network, um, and that worked very well. It it uh, it probably surpassed uh, any expectations. Uh, and then <clears throat> going forward or moving forward as, as the space, uh, the aviation real estate space expanded and grew and more demand, uh, there's, there's more planes in the air over the last five years. Um, so at, through that growth and, and the need, what we what we decided to do was Hangar Network was, the, the, the name in and of itself was really just kind of boxing it in too much. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to be broad because our services are broad. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we don't advertise everything that we do, but we, we help in a lot of ways. Um, and so expanding that, changing that name from Hangar Network to Aviation Property Network, APN, um, that now allows us a broader reach for really the clients uh, that, that we are looking for and, and looking to help. Is if there is an adversary almost in this, I hesitate to use that word, but is is the struggle a lot with with government, local, county, state government all in, in dealing with like I would think a lot of what goes on is working with uh, leases or things like that. Do you deal a lot with government entities in in what you're doing, or is it not? Yeah, we'll deal with the municipality, right? So in every airfield in every MSA is operated mm -hmm. differently, right? Yeah. So in my backyard, in our sandbox, uh, uh, again, in Colorado, within a 50-mile radius, we have four or five uh, fairly decent GA uh, airports, and uh, mm -hmm. they are all run very differently, all right? So you have facilities or operations at one airfield, and, and you're familiar with how that operates or we're familiar with how that operates, it's totally different across the street, mm -hmm. right? Or it can be. Um, so yeah, so we will deal with the, the the government entity at that level, the municipality, um, whether there's an airport board and however that is run, and whoever's making those decisions. The airfield that our office sits at actually splits two counties. So we have so we, you've got commissioners that you're dealing with, right? Oh wow! And uh, and so you, you there are politics in play, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of it, for, to be honest with you, from our side, it, it's educating the general public and commissioners of, of the importance of an airfield right. run the right way. And in our airfield, where we're located specifically, 20, 21 years ago, it, it, was, it was on the, the downward spiral. Uh, and then the airport director came in, uh, turned it around, and now it's one of the top, top busiest airfields in the, in the nation. Um, and so... What we, you know, from our from our perspective, it's educating 
the community, staying in contact with the airport. Our biggest challenge as brokers on the real estate side, and it's a, it's a, it's a good thing and, and, and it's a negative as well, there aren't comps. Right. So a lot of the we're, we're still in the kind of Wild West era uh, as far as real estate on, on an airfield because of the good old boy network or good old girl network. And, you know, a lot of the hangers transact just by word of mouth. Well, as as brokers and, and really we're advisors, we're advocates for our clients. We have a responsibility to bring them the highest and best for for their product. Um, well, we can't really do that if we're not involved. And you know, so a hangar owner or someone that, that has a lease on a facility, he knows a, a, a guy or, or a girl that has a, a need, and they just transact on their own. Well, are they are they doing that at the at the market rates? And so we're trying to bring consistency into that market that has never existed before, which means educating. The community, um, why why it's good. So when they, you know, we we uh, within the last I don't know six or eight months, we transacted a small little tea hanger in in our home airfield, and it transacted at one of the highest per, per square foot prices of any other facility uh, in Colorado for sure. That got people's attention, mm -hmm. meaning oh I didn't know I could get that much for it, right? And so when we do something like that, then we kind of send it's the ripple effect. Um, and in it, it little by little, it's it's helping educate the the marketplace, if you will. Yeah. Well, we we see that. I was going to say this uh, sounds just completely yeah, familiar to on a daily basis us we, in the airplane sales I, business. I think last yeah. three airplanes, last four maybe, we've talked to these folks who um, they think that their airplane is worth such and such, and we're like, you know, I think we can get. In fact, I know we can get a lot more out of that and so that's that's the value that the broker brings in clearly is is having that insider knowledge yep. and seeing what's going on so if you have uh tell me if i'm wrong here but you got somebody that's wanting to, to build something on an airport or wanting to develop it would seem that maybe before they do anything before they contact anyone before they start ruffling anybody's feathers uh unintentionally maybe even with some municipalities and the like you guys would be the first ones to go to and say, hey, how do we do this smartly mm -hmm. so that we can get through the wickets nice and straight and not have to, is that a yeah. fair assessment? Absolutely. We have that conversation every day of the week. Oh, that, yeah. that is our large, that is, that is the main conversation that we're having. Um, you know, we, we treat every relationship, every deal, every opportunity as if it's ours. It's, mm -hmm. it's personal. And, and for a few reasons, one, it's, we have a reputation to uphold. This is a very small industry, right? I mean, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't take much. Uh, and one of the things I love about the aviation space is, you know, it, it weeds the, the people that should be in it or the operators that should be in it fairly quickly, right? Um, now, on, on the flip side of that is the winds shift pretty quickly, and that can affect uh, even, even the operators that should stay in the industry. Um, so, yeah, we... The, 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 the perfect scenario is they, they reach out to us, say, say it's, it's an FBO, a national operator that has a, a gap in an MSA where they want a presence. Explain what, what is an MSA? I want to start. Uh, the, the, it's, it's the area around, like, like we're in, we're in, where are we? We're in Kansas City. Kansas. What, like, is that like a metropolitan statistical area? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, I just want to make sure some people understood. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So, so in, in these, in these markets, so let's say, you know, the, they're looking at, they have a demand or, or a gap there. Mm -hmm. 
the, the perfect scenario is they reach out to us. We, we feed that into our consulting department or that we can do some analysis, feasibility studies, identify if that's a, a, a good move for them. Right? I mean, it's not our, it's not our capital generally. It's, we're advising. Um, at the end of the day, it's their decision. But we want to give them all of the information so they can make the best decision possible because they're going to have capital they're going to deploy, they're going to have investors, they're going to have expectations on returns. So understanding what their objective is, our, our, our role is to help them mitigate as many risks as possible. All right. And so once we do that through the consulting side, then, then it moves over into our pre-development services or dev services. And that's where we can help with feasibility or the, uh, the entitlements design, all of the processes for highest and best use to meet their operational needs, right? Uh, and every, every operator has different needs, right? Whether it's MRO or FBO, uh, I hope, hope it's okay to say those terms. Um, if you need me to explain, I will. No, that's okay. Yeah, I just want to make because we don't know who's listening necessarily. So I think most folks, uh, MRO, just just explain what it is. Maintenance MRO. repair operator. Okay. So they're the they're the oil and lube guys, you know, in the back right. of the house, um, and uh, which are, are are very critical, obviously, to the operations. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then you have the FBO fixed base operators, which, as we're sitting here at Atlantic, they're the front of the house. Uh, they're going to take care of all your all your needs up front. Um, so yeah, so we so. We, we can help them turn key. That's, that's our goal. Um, and, uh, and, and then on, then as we, as, you know, let's say that the facility is developed or acquired, then where we come in on the, on the real estate side or broker side is now we can help place tenants if it's a multi-tenant facility or they need to sublet certain space, we can help them with that, understanding what the market rates are, what the market rates should be. Because generally what happens at an airfield is Someone picks up the phone. They call their buddy down 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 the ramp or taxi lane and go, "Hey, what are you doing? What, you, what what what's your guy paying?" And that's not necessarily how we like to do things. Right? We want we want to have a little bit more scientific approach to it. Um, and that's where we pull into APN.arrow, uh, our our website, where we have the largest database, the probably the only database of of properties that have transacted across the country in various markets, right? So um, going back to Colorado, where, where our, our headquarters are, we've got these these various markets. Rates are going to be different depending on, on what's going on at that airfield. Um, mm -hmm. I was just on a call this morning, and we were talking about that, um, what, what one airfield is doing and can command versus another airfield because we have to, know to let our clients know what, what they can achieve and what, what's, uh, what the expectations can be. Right. Okay. Well, we didn't get on. I was going to ask because you, we kind of went right into talking more about APN, but uh, your background, were you in real estate before you got into aviation or are you a pilot or anything along those lines that I'm struggling to get my pilot's nice. license pilot. Okay. <laughs> but, and then, so you were in real estate. Yeah. I, I, so my family, I come from a family of real estate developers. Okay. So it, it is unfortunately in my blood. That's not unfortunate. Um, well, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's what I know. And every day you, we, we learn a little bit more, right? The aviation is, is a very specific asset right. class. Uh, but yeah, I, my, my grandfather and my father were real estate developers. Okay. So we're here with uh, Will Mace of the Airport Property Network. Do me a favor, Will. Give your phone number and your website again right here so that people can, uh, you know, if they want to 
unplug and start looking you up real quick and they know yeah. what that is. Absolutely. Uh, well, my cell is 805-896-0886 and I answer it all the time. <laughs> so I'm on the phone a lot, as Erica probably knows. Uh, I'm, I'm easiest to find at link, on LinkedIn, Will Mace. Uh, my email is will at uh, BA, as in business aviation, group dot arrow, A-E-R-O. Uh, that, yeah, but LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn, happy to, happy to uh, connect and, and uh, dialogue. Okay, good. So the question I wanted to ask before that, that little interlude there is, do you guys deal much with, uh, uh, with the government side of things when they, they're, they're looking at developing, starting an airport or having, they've got this property they want to develop uh, and they, you know, do you find yourself being contacted by them uh, as a first step, as opposed to um, you know the businesses contacting you, does that make sense? Is it, so they're you know like here in Kansas City, this airport, I think seventy percent of it's more or less locked up by signature, right? Uh, and the leaseholds that they have on it from years ago. So, but let's say that it's a it's a it's a clean slate. Mm -hmm. The city has something that they want to do with that property. So uh, Todd's on the airport board at another local airport, and let's say that they want to. Um, they want to develop this property, but you know, given their their limited knowledge, they know what's going on there. Do you deal much with those folks? We'll say, hey, let's 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 call these guys and see how we can best approach this to maximize our own revenue and, and the opportunity for growth. Absolutely. Um, sometimes it isn't as clean of a, a, a direct line as that. We would like it to be. Yes. Obviously, that we want everyone <laughs> to understand what we do and the services that we can. We can provide or we do provide generally it's more of a, a stumbled process so the commissioners or or somebody with the within the uh, the airport or someone on the board has a need well they they want to attract generally they want to attract to developers right because they're going to need third-party capital to come in right but they're also going to have to educate the community as to why they should be operating there why they should bring their money to to the airfield so that's that's challenge number one um, generally, the airport does not have the resources, staffing, right? They usually don't have a real estate team that's helping them, you know, gu guide them. That's where we come in, and brokers like Erica, is they have that. Uh, Erica is going to have the regional local knowledge that is going to be able to facilitate the needs of the airfield and and help guide them. Right, because just because somebody wants something doesn't mean it's the best thing and it's and it's advisable. Mm -hmm. um, and so where we come in is, let's say you know your reference here um, at the airfield, if they've got land that can be uh, leased up for development, then what will happen is they'll reach out to, if they'll make their way to us because they want to advertise somehow, right? And so we are we're we're an advertising platform. Right. We signature. I mean, you go on you look at all of our FBOs and MROs that we, we deal with. We're getting the word on the street for them. What we do is when we hear that they, they have an opportunity, then we look at that not only for ourselves as a development opportunity, but also for our other investors and groups that we know may have a need for that airfield. And so it goes back to understanding what, what the needs are of our clients. So then when an opportunity, when Erica calls up and says, hey, we have this, this opportunity here, this RFP is coming out, I probably know a few operators that might be a good fit for that. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it goes back to fulfilling their needs. And then if, if we're able to do that, 
everybody wins. Erica gets a client in a long-lasting relationship. She can bring her local knowledge to that. That's that's what we do across the nation. Yeah, and I, I'm just sitting here, and I'm kind of I'm kind of awed, and just thinking, extrapolating out the experience just within you three, because I'm just an airplane junkie or flunky or however you want to look at it. But you look at the the experience and the uh, the knowledge that you must have in that network. So you know, Erica is a broker, but she's also a commissioner for our county zoning commission. You know, Todd's on the airport advisory board. He's also through the Air National Guard, had lots of experience working directly with the state when he was uh, at the state level uh, in, in uh, Jefferson City. And so you've probably got a lot of folks like that around. That, you know, it, it gets down to you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, mm -hmm. and when you see some of these other folks that are part of this network and, and the, the resources that you can tap into, I mean, you can't get on it. You can't Google this kind of stuff. You, you've got to have those kind of people that know right. what they're talking about. And, and you have to put yourself out there. You have to be involved. You guys are involved at, at your capacity, right? Well, just like I, I was on, on the plane coming out last night, and I got a call from a commissioner asking a question about a specific opportunity, right? I want those open lines of communication. We, and it's great for Eric and I because there, there are only a handful, few, a handful of people in the country that do what we do. Mm -hmm. So we have an incredible audience, right? So getting, getting plugged in into your, like, we're going to go to KCBAA, right, mm -hmm. after, after this meeting, uh, Kansas City Business Aviation Association mm -hmm. meeting. Those are the perfect uh, networks to be involved with because you have an audience of people that have needs, whether they're business needs or they just need a T hanger or a shared hanger for a, for a small aircraft. Who, who do they have to go to? Nobody. The, generally, the first call is someone at the airfield or at the, at the, you know, in the um, admin office, then maybe to the FBO. The FBO is not generally going to be a whole lot of help on that. Um, because they want they want the big fuel burners sitting in their hangar, right? right. They, that's how that's how they stay viable. Um, now, real estate is becoming more as as aircraft become more fuel efficient. The real estate is becoming more of an issue, right? So mm -hmm. they the FBOs facility owners now understand they need to be able to get their rate that they need one way or another, right? Um, and now we're starting <clears throat> to see a trend. Uh, Unfortunately, in my opinion, uh, with uh, um, assessors looking at what they can charge or what they should be charging for real estate taxes on airfield, and that that's going to be something. Well, that is something that we are dealing with right now, and that and I would encourage mm -hmm. if you're involved with your your regional MBAA, that's a conversation I think that needs to happen every meeting because mm -hmm. it it will that will affect. All of us um, assessors not understanding how how to tax these special properties. A lot of times they they will apply a tax, a commercial tax. So fee simple real estate mm -hmm. off airport, they're looking at on airport the same, and 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 it is absolutely not right. Not at all, um, because you don't own the product at the end, right? You, you're you're borrowing it basically, you're leasing it, um, and so. So that's that's something that we're looking at right now. Um, we're seeing it in Colorado, and I imagine like everything else, all the communities look to see how they can generate more revenues. Uh, so that's something that we we want to stay in front of. Yeah, we're seeing that with even air. You know, we've talked to people recently who've had airplane. Seems the uh, state here in Missouri is getting much more aggressive on on pursuing airplane tax things and and 
it's it's a because similar, of the demand yeah sure. right i mean look yeah. what's happened since or certainly since covid right so right. we got two two and a half years now they're the it they're they're gonna get their money somehow right well and, sure and right. they see that demand and now they they're they're able to they're they're looking at how they can monetize that yeah it's no longer a hidden secret. <laughs> no, no, and there's but, a there's a, a low hanging fruit element to that where it, it it gets to the the point of uh, it's probably a little off topic, but the point where it's uh, you know they're seen as the people with the money and they can go after them, and um, you know and you have states like Missouri, for example, who uh, this just passed a seventy was a seventy four percent increase in the budget year over year. It's it's astronomical. Well, that money's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's, yeah. they're looking, they're not looking just at, at us. They're looking everywhere they can look to get that money. Yeah, I had a council member uh, mm -hmm. a few months back make a comment to me in, in the conversation of the, of the assessed fees. He said, well, I guess if, if you own a private aircraft, you should be able to pay it. And you should pay it. And that mindset to me, I, I think that's a cancer. Um, it is. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so vote wisely. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, looking at, in my opinion, or our, my group's opinion, the airfield is the heartbeat of the community. Yes. Educating, you know, we, we're seeing we're seeing a push with, with housing <clears throat> development, right? So encroachment closer and closer to the airfield. Um, whether you sign in the escrow papers um, that, that you're aware that you live in the, the mm -hmm. certain proximity to the airfield, you're seeing coalitions uh, create, uh, create momentum for noise complaints. Right, so the commissioners hear the noise complaints, they go to the airport board, and they say, look, my constituents, they're not happy. Well, the developer built the houses within, you know, and then they, they were aware, but still that, that pressure doesn't end, right? So you have airfields under threat of, uh, because of that. Um, but educating, educating the community and, and, and the politicians of how vi vital it is for the airfield. I think there's probably one more step you could add to just the education of the community and the politicians is that if you're involved in aviation, you therefore should be involved in your local governments. Absolutely. Because yeah. nothing is better than getting in and knowing these people and networking with these people and being a voice for the aviation community. I think it's yeah. important. So, And that's yeah. a lot of reason I get involved with stuff because, Good. you know. As you should. I love to fly, yeah, and I don't want it taken away. Well, and it's it's so incredible to watch the the growth in our industry over the last couple of years. Sure. And 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 it's it's you know on the real estate side, going going back to that piece, there was a number of years, say over the last 20, 30 years, where very little inventory was added to that asset class. Mm -hmm. Right. We didn't have a lot of the demand wasn't there like right. like it was when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. People, you know, taking time off and going back after their PPL, and then, you know, what 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 did a 182 cost before COVID, and what is a 182 oh, cost yeah. now, right? <clears throat> yeah, and so looking at that, which is incredible, it's great, but we also need to we need to keep it in perspective, and and now with with the inventory that's coming online, we have higher development costs now. Um, what what would have cost you know in the high 80s, 90 dollars a square foot? We're looking at the same product. You know, you're looking at 150, 160 dollars mm -hmm. a square foot. Someone pays for that. Now we need the inventory. We're 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 very just like housing. We're we're behind on the inventory for these aircraft. Um, and in fact, we were, I was on the call uh, with my associate this morning. Number of aircraft coming on in 2024. There's there's no facilities for them. 
right? Yeah. And, and that and and so so the new inventory costs you more. So you've got the old guard uh, of of the GA community that is used to paying 200, 250 bucks a month for their for their spot in their hangar or their T hanger. Well, that same product new. They're going to be paying eight fifty to nine hundred dollars, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of where it's located. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. Now, does that make the local contingency of the GA community happy, which has the generally the large, the the heaviest voice or the loudest voice at the board meetings? That's why it's so important for us on the other side to be involved to to not um, not push back on that, but to educate. We all we all want the the growth of the aviation to continue because it's important for our community. Yeah, it it reminds me of something. Todd and I have this this little joke that all paths lead back to Enid, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk about this for just a second. Uh, Erica, of course, is from Enid, and I was in Enid for a long time. And Todd's got a son that's a, an instructor down in Enid, and so it, we've had a number of things. But one of the things that that uh, in advocacy. That that town did right a number of years ago, back in the 90s, uh, when uh, the, uh, the Base Realignment and Closure Commissions were going through and identifying military facilities for closure. Um, Enid uh, hired its own uh, lobbyist, and they were the only municipality in the country at the time to have a lobbyist that they paid directly to lobby on behalf of that base, Vance Air Force Base, because that was the economic driver mm-hmm. um, there in Enid. And so uh, Crusher Craigie, who was a wing commander, he was the first guy that, that had an office in, in Washington. And so he lobbied on behalf because, you know, not unlike an airport like this, you get that NIMBY crowd, the, you know, not in my backyard crowd, that uh, they don't, you know, they're happy to have the economic benefits and the convenience, but they don't want the noise or, you know, or all these other silly, uh, irrational things. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, and Enid at the time also was developing, uh, along with the county, a number of building code regulations where all new construction, I believe, had to have six-inch walls. They had to have double-paned mm-hmm. windows, and they had to do all these other things. To mitigate the sound. To mitigate, mitigate the, the sound, sound yeah. Because they didn't want to have to, and, they had, and people had to sign on their, their contracts that it had to include. You know that there's an Air Force base in this community. They don't want people coming along saying, well, shoot, you know, I'm liking all this, and I'm, I'm loving the convenience and the fact that the base brings in all this economic development. But gosh, you know, that I don't like being woken up at 6 o'clock in the morning. They were proactive. They were which, which very proactive. Very proactive. Yeah. And I think I think uh, we as aviators and in the aviation com- community need to get involved so that we are proactive, not, you well, know, behind the eight ball as Chris likes to say. Don't you say. think there's a failure sometimes to understand, uh, talking about noise complaints, sure. as though that, that uh, the airport's a large employer in many yeah. cases. You know, there's a lot of business. People, people lose track. Never mind the whole harder to quantify, although it is quantifiable to a degree, the economic impact an airport has in a given community. Uh, And that word has to get out. uh, And that comes back to your comment, Erica, about being involved. It's it's imperative to be involved. If you have a passion for it and you're not involved. Protect it. Yeah. You know, that that makes me sad. Um, But, you know, we we um, you look around a community and so often you don't look up necessarily you're right. looking forward and so uh, you you hear the you hear the 
engines, right? You hear you mm -hmm. hear what's going on, but but if you're not involved in it da daily, you're just not aware. Right. And I think it's uh, those mm -hmm. of us that are involved, it's it's imperative that we we uh, help the um, the politicians and, and the supervisors understand why it's so critical. What and bring how how many times have you brought a commissioner or somebody at the political level that you have a connection with to the airfield? Show them around. Take them behind the curtain, mm -hmm. right? Go in the the hangar, the the an MRO, or the uh, help them understand all the layers, and and then look, have them look at the employee parking lot in the mm -hmm. employee break room, so they can then have an emotional connection that it's a heartbeat. That it's just like any other. They they go to get their oil change. Someone does it for them, right, mm -hmm. in their car. Mm -hmm. Same as at an airfield. They just don't understand it generally because. They get on a commercial flight. They go to they go to MCI or KCI now or it's still yeah, MCI. It's, but yeah, what, yeah, whatever your identity yeah. crisis is. There. <laughs> but uh, um, but so so they don't have that emotional connection. I don't believe. But if if we're able to bring them in and, and so they can see, then they can start having that. Now they're more educated. Mm -hmm. They can start having that conversation with their constituents and the people on the other side, which is so important. Right. And I think that that's. That's a barrier that we've had is we just aren't bringing them to the field, right? To get, give them, take them up on a discovery flight. Right? Yeah, treat it as a source of pride. Your airport should be a source of pride Absolutely. in your hometown. Yeah. And I think you touched on something a minute ago <laughs> that I want to come back on, and that is uh, I think we need to have a, a commonality in the voice of, of an airport. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to have a smaller, you know, purely uh, light airplane airport, but, you know, something else like uh, downtown Kansas City where we are here. It's a different scenario because we have we have we have light sport airplanes mm -hmm. based here. We have you know G5s based here, yeah. and so there's a wide range. And, and plus, we have a lot of charter aircraft coming charter. in here. Right. So the, the sports teams, you know, the airlines yeah. still bring airplanes in here. And uh, you know, in when people are kind of in their own isolated little world, especially in some of the smaller airplane stuff, um, they they tend to not understand. You know what the bigger guys bring to the picture, and and sometimes they think, oh, it's going to make prices go up or whatever. You know, of course, one of the biggest complaints people have is, is uh, you know, I, I went over to that facility and you know they charged me a ramp fee. Well, who do you think pays <laughs> for that facility? Right. You know, and we've got to get over that mindset that that we're because we like to fly and because it's our passion that uh, it ought to be cheap and free. Uh, that's that too is a cancer because it's not healthy, right? And I think we all need to understand that. And likewise, you know, from the top down, they need to say, hey, you know, those guys, those guys aren't a nuisance just flying around in little airplanes. Let's all work together because we can we can make this work as one unified voice going against uh, the NIMBY crowd or against the uh, the politicians who see development opportunity that does not include an airport. I think I might be the oddball here because I actually like living underneath the final approach path for MCI yeah. and because I grew up in Enid, Oklahoma, I was, I would lay out in the backyard and the T-38s and the yeah. tweets would fly over and I, I love yeah. them. So I have a different appreciation for it. They're not a nuisance. They're a beautiful sign sound and I can still identify a 38 when it comes over it, my I house. I will run is, out and find this it. This is yeah. probably not the appropriate time to bring up how you were laying out in oh, your bathing suit <laughs> and Chris was rolled inverted. Oh, <laughs> got to try that. We're not going to talk about that story right now. 
So yeah, it was I, fun. I, I do want to ask you though. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about your your partners in the business. Can you mm-hmm. can you elaborate a little bit on on who those folks are if you're comfortable doing it? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there's three partners. Uh, Ivor Retrum, uh, David Vaughn. So Ivor Retrum is is with me in Denver. David Vaughn's in uh, McKinney, Texas area, uh, and then Barry Sherman uh, as well in, in Colorado. Um, and so we all they all have different lanes that they kind of focus on. Uh, David Vaughn is uh, he spent many years with Signature Flight Support uh, on the FBOs, um, very heavily. At, uh, integrated in the operational side of the business. Barry Sherman, uh, as he likes to say, is a uh, uh, recovering <laughs> architect and went to the dark side of development on the private side. Um, so very, uh, very in tune with facilities, um, uh, space planning, layout, uh, works very closely with all of our uh, FBO clients on, on their space needs and design needs. Uh, and, and then develop, development oversight. Uh, Ivor's background is, uh, he was with Signature for a number of years as well and uh, is heavily on the real estate side with me. Okay. All fantastic people. Yeah, an, an incredible, thank you. I pre- yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to be be with a good group of, of uh, you know, we have a great team. and we're, we're you're, very... you're fantastic too. Oh, I'm sorry you in that. No, no. So. I, 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 as I mentioned earlier, I, I'm at the back of the bus. and uh, so. But I, I love, I've got a great vantage point of, of watching their experience. And they, they truly, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know of another firm in, in, the, in the real estate that we focus on, on aviation and, and, and the, uh, the, the needs that we fulfill that that can do a better a better job. How did you meet those guys? Um, you know this this world is pretty small the yes. aviation side. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, I was I was at a in a position that I, I wanted uh, I w- I was kind of tired of developing real estate and dealing with the the um, that that uh, the elements that, that come with that mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, I wanted to take what my skills were on the real estate development side, and I wanted to be in aviation. It literally is as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Very know? cool. Uh, Interesting. Helped to help the company uh, start up early on, uh, and uh, they didn't they didn't quite cut it. And then that led me into you know there's only there's only a few of us that do what we do here in the nation, right? right. So as, as you know, yeah. So. Right. So what's neat is I, I enjoy the opportunity to network with people and to, to build connections and see where things go. So what's interesting is uh, Eric and I met Will not even a year ago. Uh, Todd, you were there too, I think, yeah. at uh, at Oshkosh. And we were hosting a an event for uh, Challenge Air for Kids and Friends. So David and I used to serve on the board at Challenge Air. David Vaughn. David yeah, Vaughn. David so Vaughn, that's yeah. how, that's yeah. why you that's guys right. came over that's to right. that event. Yeah, yeah. Because David I came for the there. free beer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that was kind of neat because you know you just never know how things are going to turn out. But you know, yeah. David came over to support that thing and uh, that we were doing and, and uh, challenge air, which is great. And so uh, yeah. anyway, but- I think standing there at that table at Oshkosh, you guys are telling me what you do, and I'm sitting here thinking. Hello. I can see the lights going I am off. a broker in yeah. Kansas and Missouri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your eyes and, lit up. Yeah, it was pretty my, cool. Well, it's, I love it. Well, I think, too, in this conversation, we've kind of established a lot of similarities that go on from what Chris and I do, brokering right. airplanes, and how there's a lot of similarities in, there is. in what you're doing. Your, your, uh, your relationship, and, right? And, and, <clears throat> yeah, and also, you know, you're, you're helping on different angles, whether you're helping – 
someone selling airplanes, someone buying airplane, just offering consulting of some sort. Uh, you guys have multiple capabilities yep. that that could be tapped into. We're we're, ad, we're advisors. Sure. Right? All of us at this table. That's what we are. Right. Yeah. And and sure. and in our industry, relationships um, are are critical. And uh, and I've I've been so fortunate to be able to to, to connect with some incredible people and over yeah. over the you know in this industry. And uh, and if you if you do what you say you're going to do. That's all. That's all it takes. It's there that simple. Yeah, right? in it, any yep. business, really. Well, and specifically yeah. here in yeah. aviation, I mean, it's you know, it 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 weeds out the the ones that aren't honorable and and don't live up to you know. If you're going to say you're, you're going to do it, just just follow through and do it. Do it. it goes yeah. miles. It does, yeah. right? It sure yeah. does. So, Will, as we close out here, um, any last thoughts? Any, anything that you wanted to to bring up that uh, we haven't already talked about? You know, I, I, we, we talked about it briefly, but I, I would just say if, if you're in aviation, if you have a passion, go to your board meetings. Yes. Every airport has a, has a board meeting every month, generally speaking. Um, get involved, I, you know, whether it's your town council, but at minimum, you know, go to, go to, go to the airport board meeting so, so you can, you're aware, you can then be an advocate, mm -hmm. you can listen in, you can, mm -hmm. if you hear something that isn't going the direction, because this is, it's so community heavy. And if, if you're not involved at that level, especially in, in our world that we live mm -hmm. in, everyone in that room should know who we are because they have a need that we can satisfy. They need us. They just don't necessarily know it. It's that mm -hmm. they don't know because they don't, they they don't, don't know. You don't know what you don't but, know. And that that's goes exactly for right. anywhere. Yep, in the yep. It's very industry, familiar. So. Yeah. So, so did you have really? something else? No. Okay. Actually, it was actually, yes, I do. Huh. Um, economic development boards too, I think are a good place to go and make sure you're paying attention to the heartbeat of what's going on in your community, whatever community yeah. that is. And, you know, be an advocate for the aviation industry that, there. That, you know, I actually yeah. think that that is equally as important. Sure. And the reason, and every community is a little different on their EDC yeah. or whatever they, the acronym they call it, but um, they have a need as well. They mm -hmm. want those jobs. They want to be able to funnel, mm -hmm. but they don't know who to call. Right. Now they know to call because Erica Because they don't Kirk. know. They don't know. Yes. Yeah. Call right. Erica Kirk yeah. at Wild Blue Properties. Yeah. Give your, go ahead and throw out your, your sure. number. Uh, my number is 816-729-0876, and that is my cell phone number. If I don't answer, leave a message. I will call you back. Or you can reach me at Erica, spelled like America, at, at propertiesbywildblue.com. That's Erica at propertiesbywildblue.com. So if you're uh, looking at airport development in the Kansas, Missouri area specifically, give Eric a call. Or and, anywhere, and or I will anywhere. get you connected. Yeah, she can connect. yeah. Absolutely. I will exactly absolutely right. get you connected. Because yep. we have we have affiliate brokers all over the country, yeah. and I suspect eventually all over the world. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever there's facilities. Yeah. And we're, we're so excited that you're on part of our team. Yeah. So. And I, so far, I love it. I love, I've met a lot of the people and just fantastic group of people. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah so, so Will, your contact much. information one more time? Yeah. So find me on LinkedIn, Will Mace. Um, and uh, that's where I probably spend most of my time. Uh, email will at ba group, uh, business aviation group dot arrow, uh, cell 805-896-0886. And I text like a 12 year old, so, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. Same here. Okay. Same here. Well, Todd, thanks for being here. Will, thank you. Erica, thank you. And You're again, so a welcome. big shout out to, uh, to Ben Moore and his team here at Atlantic Aviation. 
They're on the northwest uh, side of uh, the downtown airport here in Kansas City. It's an incredible facility. Yeah. It's Fantastic. a great facility. Yeah. They're great people, yeah. uh, and we really appreciate their support. They're next to the general aviation terminal if you're kind of looking for uh, that area with the self-serve pump. So in any case, thanks so much for uh, for listening to the uh, the Wild Blue podcast. Make sure you, uh, you share and uh, give us some good reviews. We'd certainly appreciate that as well. Thanks for listening to the Wild Blue podcast. Find us online at flywildblue.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.